AFCloud makes your commute easier as you are listening to our podcasts. And it's back. Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Jaja podcast featuring me, Benjamin, and Mwes Mike, aka Fat Vader. This week we discuss the return of the Uganda Premier League, uh, all the action from Europe's three biggest leagues, and we wrap up the show with all the stories making headlines in European football. Remember, this uh, podcast is brought to you by AfCloud.com and Skynet Worldwide Express Uganda. Um, we are delighted to be back after what has been a tough, tough uh, past three months for the Soccer Georgia podcast. We lost uh, one of our core team members, Elvis, and we took some time off. But we are back, and may his soul rest in eternal peace. It's the Soccer Georgia podcast, but uh, news and analysis coming to you live from the golf course in Entebbe. This is our location today, afternoon, Mike. Welcome to the podcast. Have you seen that? You have seen that Absa ad? Yeah. Absa is so hard. I'm sure Michael Owen went to Real Madrid and I've never seen a how, Spanish interview. How did they get Michael Owen to speak some Luganda just for that advert? You have to secure the bag. Yeah, anyway. The um, man went to Real Madrid and didn't speak Spanish. But, but Absa. Absa could make him speak Luganda. <laughs> yeah. 2020, big 2020. Yeah, so today's uh, topics uh, rotate mostly around uh, football uh, down here in Uganda, local football. Uh, the league was, uh, managed uh, to resume there after a very long, long time. Yep. There were issues about whether they would keep on postponing the date uh, for when the league is going to resume down here in Uganda. And um, there were fears, there were going fears amongst most of the fans uh, when. Uh, it looked like the league would not kick off on the 4th of December, as had uh, earlier been slated. But yeah, kudos uh, to the Uganda Premier League Secretariat uh, for making sure that the league uh, has started on uh, December 4th. And the first game there saw Bright Stars coming up against uh, KCCA, and uh, they lost uh, 2-1 uh, to KCCA, uh, who finished second last season. Uh, remember, the championship was won by Vipers, who uh, Oh, on continental duty, yeah, knocked out of uh, the UEFA, uh, the, the CAF Champions League. Making it by, a habit now. Yeah, and I think they need to go back to the drawing board to understand how to navigate themselves throughout this tournament. Another team that was in action was Police coming up against Wakisojas. That was a nil-nil draw. Bull FC of Ginger drew two-two with Villa, Barra City, and URL. Uh, one all there, Odu Baraka also one all against Express, Chetume also one all against Sitara, UPDF, uh, 3-0 victors over Busoga United. And so, one of the biggest talking points from the opening game week of the Uganda Premier League was the level of unpreparedness that was displayed by most of the teams. You had uh, some of those teams coming into their games with very many players not registered. Uh, for example, the Chetume and Chitara game man, was kicked off 58 minutes late. Reason, 
many of the players had not yet secured their licenses to be able to play in the game. Yeah. And so they had to wait for their licenses to come in and get the permission. But is it valid to blame this on COVID? Because we have seen this before in yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think we can put this on COVID. We blame COVID uh, for very for many things. For almost everything. Yeah. But this can't be a COVID problem. I called you last time and I needed some money from you and you told me COVID. Much money to understand. So this time around, I don't Michael think I don't think Luganda and you just want to dig me out like that. Teams, mighty mighty teams like you or I could only raise four substitutes, so they allowed seven in their one or draw away to Umbara City who also had only six substitutes. Remember, the required number on the bench uh, is seven substitutes for each team. But majority, Odu Paraka kicked off the game with two substitutes on the bench. Uh, Chitara kicked off the game with nine men. They had to wait for another man to be registered for them to make the 11 uh, threshold. Then there were a lot of disappointments for me as a fan from game week one, but as uh, so I noticed, someone... I noticed the season kicked off, uh, but uh, are fans yet allowed to go to the stadium? I think this is one of the things that everyone was asking uh, themselves prior to the start of uh, the UPL season, whether fans would manage to sneak in because and break at the least COVID I've, rules. At least I've noticed the marketing uh, on social media from some clubs. But express. surprisingly, surprisingly, Mike, no fans were allowed there. That's a one-off, yeah. A bit surprising for Uganda football because they talked about campaigns having only 200, political campaigns yeah. having only 200 uh, <laughs> supporters. Yeah, um, and what have we seen in the past one month? We've seen campaigns where the same people that are talking about 200 uh, well, Apparently COVID understands, on COVID understands that. Politics. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't understand sport. Yeah, so oh, you have to first give COVID time to understand that you guys are going to watch a match. Then another funny moment from Game Week 1 in the Uganda Premier League, Chitara, I think, don't you hear from this part of Uganda? No. You guys have a team representing from there. They only, they had to hire Orange Stockings from their opponents, Chetumi. After their red stockings that they had were clashing with the, 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 colors, the, the colors of the opponent. So, Kit clashing. Kit clashing. We still have issues with uh, kit clashing in Uganda. I think people are generally unprepared and for the I league. don't think our league is even semi-professional. I think we are even way below the no, term semi-professional. As I was saying before, there are teams that have... There's been that campaign going around where are your local jersey, mm. where are your local, support your local. So yeah. for you, okay, for you, have always been a Kasasiro boy and shit. I think this season, I'm going to go with the defending champions. You know, I'm a glory hunter. So you're going with Vipers? Yep. Okay. I'm waiting um, for their first game and if they let let's what fans back into the stadium and mm. shit. I think we should just go and drape our look. Yeah, I think a few fans will be allowed, but I don't know where. Um media a few people have been able to access the stadium. Uh, the big big guys in and media. Journalists. Yeah. Us, the upcoming ones who are not able to get tickets to watch some of those matches. That means we're supposed to have a, 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 a press pass by now. You had big plans eight months ago. You had big, big plans. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, <laughs> Bureaucracy my brother. Um, but a few things to take out of uh, the opening game week of the Uganda Premier League. Uh, it's too early right now for us to call a title favorite because 
the defending champions didn't even play a game. They were supposed to play Maida FC. Yeah, I'm going to go out but Mihanshia and I think CC and Vipers will go for the title again. Once again. <laughs> yeah. I think they have been, these have been the teams that have vied for the title for the past the Express has made Jen what? Uh, Express, investment into the squad. Yeah, and also URA have had some serious additions into their team. Okay. Some few additions into their team. They have uh, Steven Mokwala coming in. Then uh, they also brought in uh, a former Vipers player, Brian Kobe. So then also they had Jackson Nunda coming in from KCC, who lost favor from uh, Michael Tevi. So if you add up all these teams, have recruited well, but the question remains there at the end of the day can they compete with the two, I would say the big wigs of the decent last year? Yeah, Wakiso Giants, uh, a new sponsorship deal, yeah, and uh, this season, whether that will add to the competition and maybe make them compete uh, with these two teams we've talked about, I don't know. That's a question that remains to be answered. Then, this, uh, the underlying condition of most of the stadiums, we still have issues with pitches in Uganda. A few pitches managed to get uh, cleared uh, in time for games to be played. Man, we talk about this every beginning of the season. Man. Yes. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, it's like Arsenal. We always discussing Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> now, the question that is also looming uh, over majority of the football fans, we've seen uh, a few fans returning into the stadiums in Europe. Uh, particularly in England, we saw 2,000 fans being allowed into some of the stadiums uh, over the weekend. Now, I pose the same question down here in Uganda. Uh, will there be a relaxation of some of these COVID-19 SOPs and guidelines so that uh, a few fans can be let into the stadium? Because Clubs my logic money. is, if there are over 10,000 people or more following campaign trails of these politicians, what will 2,000 fans do? Will they have a football match? Will they do any harm? Because the social distancing can be there and it can be implemented by some of these teams. So I think... Uh, For example, let me say they allow Vipers or KCC to allow a few fans in. They have clear demarcations in their stadiums. The terraces, they can stipulate and say uh, between each and every fan, there has to be a distance of two or three meters. But I think for uh, like the sport has to be like uh, fair to everyone. There is no way you can allow some teams to have fans behind them and other teams don't have. You can, you can, if the team has the facilities that can help you to prevent the spread of COVID-19. But imagine an open stadium. Let so you're basically telling some teams they are too poor to have fans. Yeah, this happens also in Europe. There are teams who, How? there are teams that have not been allowed to have fans back into their stadiums because their stadium capacity is so low, they can't have the. No, but like in the reason. in the Premier League, mm. everyone is going to have fans now. Not everyone. Everyone. Not okay. Premier League, fine. Let us go to the Championship. Some clubs have not been cleared because of the stadium capacity. There are stadiums that are below fifteen thousand. You can't host two thousand fans there. Because you're not be, you're not going to be able to implement the COVID guidelines. How fans are supposed to get into the stadium? There's a lot that goes into. But the, the thing the is, there are some teams. The there are some teams that thrive off like the support of the fans, like SC Villa. So you're telling me if there's a big difference between a team like Villa having the fans behind them and the fans not being there. And that would require SC Villa to play from a stadium like Nambole, yeah, where it is easy 
for the UPL in conjunction with FUFA to implement the COVID uh, SOPs and all those guidelines. All these things to be favoring the, the bigger, the richer clubs. Of course, in life, the people at the top are always favored. You come in later. Anyway, that is it in the Uganda Premier League. We shall be back after this break. for something to get you into the mood before the game or you're the type of fan that loves banter or you're always catching up in arguments about the tactical side of the game well the soccer judge podcast is your number one podcast with 360 coverage of soccer news banter and analysis from the football world new episodes out every tuesday and sunday evenings the soccer judge podcast now available on all major podcast platforms brought to you by athcloud.com and skynet worldwide express the partnership that delivers Yes, welcome back from that uh, short break. Manchester United fell behind at the London Stadium, but for the fifth consecutive away league game, they came back to win. Comeback Kings. Comeback Kings. Three goals in the space of 13 minutes. Pogba, Greenwood, and then the boy, MBE, Dr. Marcus Rashford. Uh, United are now fourth, uh, fifth in the table. Fifth in the table. Fifth in the table. I think what two a points of Chelsea. What a game in hand. Yeah, game in hand, and of course they are looking. The the form. They look like the form team to me. They are right uh, way up there with the likes of Tottenham and Liverpool, who extended their unbeaten run at Anfield to 65 games in the league. Yeah, they are waiting for United. What a history-making team. They're waiting for United to come there. Yeah, but Manchester United were not the only team to come from behind. Chelsea also came from a goal down after a Patrick Bamford goal to win 3-1 as uh, fans made a return to Stamford Bridge for the first time since March. Olivier Giroud uh, leveled on 27 minutes uh, for the Blues. Kat Zuma headed home from a corner before Christian Pulisic secured all the three points. And uh, Frank Lampard felt like the 2,000 fans that were brought into the pitch uh, added something to the Chelsea team. It was like an added incentive. Although he noted that his team uh, lacked some cutting edge in the final third uh, for majority of uh, the first half in the game against Leeds at Stafford Bridge. So here I'm, I'm, I'm reading something. Uh, I think is it the Daily Mail? I don't know. I was reading something online and then I came across an article where Chelsea are being considered one of the favourites to vie for the league title this season alongside uh, Liverpool. I think they should, and Klopp said it as well. He said that uh, Chelsea has the best squad to compete for the title. And like it's evident, just look at their strikers. Their Olivier Giroud is their first, first choice striker and he has scored five goals in seven days. And what a week he had, uh, four goals in the space of one week, a hat-trick in the Champions League and also uh, one goal in the league uh, game against Leeds. Yeah, Lampard, it's been a good week. Yeah, Lampard uh, has uh, I think he solved Chelsea's defensive problem mm. when they had all... You can yeah. say it's as simple as signing a goalkeeper, but I think mm. it was more than that. Uh, you have Thiago Silva and Kurt Zuma, who has mm. more goals than Rashford, Mane. Yeah. It and looks so, like he's going to have 20 goals this season. Exactly. And their defense looks more assured this is as Piliqueta doesn't even have a look in which James has completely Taking him, take him out of the equation. Yeah. And ben Chilwell is looking like a, a world beater after we said he had been overpriced and and all of that. And yeah, Chelsea's 
proving us wrong. And I think we have to give credit when it's due. They are putting on a title charge, they are winning games easily. Mm. And uh, December is when we are going to see why it's important to have a squad because Chelsea can easily, in this game we saw Hakim Ziyech getting injured and, and uh, Christian policy coming on. Mm. Like, there's no big dip in quality. It's class for class. So when the going gets tough, you're going to see, I think Chelsea are going to be in and around there because uh, I don't think, I still don't rate Lampard that highly as a coach, but when you have good players, good players can take you places. Uh, for example, uh, teams like Liverpool, Liverpool has suffered many injuries, but I think because of Klopp's coaching and his system, anyone can come in and and uh, the system maybe oversells them or looks, makes them look to be good. There are some good players I know, like Curtis Jones coming into the team, very underrated young midfielder. Uh, Diego Yota deputizing when Mane had when Salah had COVID and Mane looked to be off form. But it's not like Chelsea having the luxury of uh, Hakim Ziyech not being available, and you have people like Christian Pulisic have there, Mason Mount who, I'm not going to lie, we thought he was Lampard's son, that's why he was playing, but. The guy has proved his. <laughs> he has proved he knows his soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chelsea deserve, I think, to be in the title chart, and I think the season, this, the way this season is going, mm. all you have to do is stick around the top four, and things happen all the time. Liverpool made drop points. Uh, I don't want to talk about Man City, but they have also climbed up the table. Yeah, and uh, talk, 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 talking, about, talking about teams that have dropped points uh, this season in the English Premier League, Everton. I think, Mike, um, a few weeks back we sat down and off, uh, off the mic and we talked about Everton and what their chances were coming into this season. And yeah, yeah I think they I really think improved their team. They so improved much. the team, but I think it was too much to ask them to compete with the big boys. And I think I'm just going to reaffirm this. I don't think Everton are going to be able to uh, compete with the big boys. Yes, they, they are getting the goals. I think this season they've had uh, the highest tally of goals in their in the, the top past score is from their team. Yeah, in the past they've scored the highest number of goals in the history of their so in the recent in the in the recent past they have not had a better start to the season than the one they've had this season uh, so far. Calvert Lewin, they are leading the charts uh, in the English Premier League. And yeah, then, I think um, it's disappointing to Everton fans, man. They were on top of the table too, at some point. Mm. Very disappointing. But <laughs> Liverpool Liverpool don't seem to be shaken by the absence of uh, Virgil van Dijk. And also, uh, they didn't have Alisson Baker uh, yesterday as they dispatched off Wolves. They had uh, a rookie goalkeeper there. Then they didn't have Thiago uh, Gomez is out. Thiago is out. Yeah, Liverpool has many people. Uh, players like Naby Keita are still on the treatment bed, has always been on the treatment bed. Yeah. And they seem not to be shaken by all these absentees. Yeah, I think the entire defence of Liverpool is out, apart from uh, the Scottish captain. What's his name? Uh, Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson, yeah. Yeah, he's the only uh, consistent figure in the team. The rest of the people seem to be injured. I think Joel Matip comes in for a game or two injured. and gets injured. Yeah, but with Liverpool, I think by now, with Klopp knows how he wants his team to play. Mm. And whoever comes into the team, I think they are picked to play a specific role. The players know what they want. Mm. So, 
I think regardless of where I pick injuries here and there, mm. they will always find a way to win games. And beating Liverpool is not easy. You have to score seven goals like Aston Villa to beat them. Mm. So uh, yeah. And uh, so so uh, you look you look at uh, Liverpool, Man City, but we are not talking about the Jose Mourinho uh, team. I mean, let's first Tottenham uh, Hotspur. Let's first talk about the game, the Liverpool game yesterday. Mm, Liverpool against Wolves. Yeah. One mm. uh, one a, a wonderful game of football. I think it was an exhibition of what Liverpool are yet to produce uh, this season. They just give us a glimpse of what they are they can produce this season. Whether they have their star players or the star players are not in the team, they can always deliver. And I was delighted by the performance uh, of uh, Joel Matip yesterday against Wolves. I think he was very solid against a Pesi. Uh, front two uh, of, uh, of Wolverhampton uh, Wanderers. Uh, Pedro Neto there uh, seemed to have been the player that was going to be giving Liverpool uh, trouble, as was highlighted in the pre-match uh, build-up. But when the game started, I think we didn't get a glimpse of what Pedro Neto can do. And also Daniel Podence also was cut out totally uh, by uh, Andy Robertson. And so I felt this makeshift, well. yeah. And also Adama Traore. I, I thought this uh, makeshift defense that was set up by Jurgen Klopp still had the same mentality as the same defense, uh, the, 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 the usual defensive lineup of uh, Liverpool. That is uh, Van Dijk, um, Joe Gomez when he's fully fit. Then you have um, Trent. Yeah, for oh gosh, I even forgot that Trent is out. Uh, he came on. He came on and assisted. He came on and assisted. returned from injury. And I think he will play midweek uh, to great, get much great. fitness. Yeah, just to get uh, much fitness. Shout out Kono Cody for helping his boyhood club score the opening goal. I think that was a bit of poor judgment by Kono Cody. He controlled the ball in a position that was not the be- he miscontrolled it in a position that was not ideal for any defender because the moment he miscontrolled the ball. Uh, Muhammad Salah pounced on it. Hey, I don't know and how, how Salah keeps on getting this. Salah keeps on getting these uh, these uh, cheap, cheap, cheap goals. They're not cheap goals. I I keep telling you guys. Salah, errors. It thrives off errors made by defenders. Salah at this point is an elite, elite, elite winger. Like his movement is so good and. Uh, but if we if we're talking about you don't just players. get into those positions. If we talk about elite players, I think we should sit down later on this week and talk about the top 10 players in the world right now. And I have two Liverpool players that would make that cut into my list. Two, two Liverpool players. I don't know, I would leave you to guess which players would make my cut into the top 10 players in the world right now. Right now, based That's on form? Not just form, individual brilliance and even talent. I have two Liverpool players that make the cut. At the moment of I just, I think it's just Salah that I know, I think. I think I, maybe you can convince me otherwise. Yeah. But anyway, we move. Oh yeah, Van Dijk. Uh, quickly, uh, Spurs, Arsenal, yeah. North London Derby. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> North London Derby. But I, I don't know why, why should we even be still talking about Arsenal these was days. that even, 15th in the table. Was that a game that, was, that needs even to be analyzed? I don't it's, think so. the, the game is only big because uh, Arsenal has like 70% of its fans football fans in Uganda like Arsenal fans and mm. it's, yeah it's still a big club blah 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 mm. but for the past few seasons Arsenal has not been showing us that it's a big club true and yesterday um, I think Spurs yesterday there was that video I shared earlier where 
that the only relevance Arsenal have this season is derailing Spurs' title chase and even they couldn't do that because you expect a London derby form is out of the window. I think you Mourinho, guys are going to fight for Mourinho has beaten uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, and uh, also beaten Arsenal. Yeah, and conceded one goal. And he has uh, played drawn City, with Chelsea. Chelsea. Has he played Liverpool? He's yet to play Liverpool. Yeah, but he has played like the traditional top six, conceded yeah. one goal, conceded only a goal, and and won like I think majority of the games. Yeah. So with his, you feel you feel if black football. If, yeah, his, you feel if he manages to come in, whatever dark side football. Do Tottenham have a chance? I shot at the league title this season because their manager is Jose Mourinho. I think they have a chance. They have but a chance. You know Mourinho, he likes to be the underdog, and I think a few weeks back he said that uh, his Tottenham is a pony in a horse race. That this is this is not his season. Uh, they have yeah. to. I think next season is when they will be ready to compete. But the signs are there. Say what Kane and and Sona, yo every week they assist each other, mm. goal assist, goal assist. And yesterday I think Jose just showed us no respect and was like, you guys, I'm not going to beat you six. One score two goals and and we let you spam our box with crosses. That's not like 34 crosses, crossing for Bumayang, who have, I don't think I've seen him score here. There was there was a spell in the game where they had uh, 90 plus possession in the game and Spurs had nine percent. They had 91, I think. For like the between the 25th minute, By the, to if the you time watch that game, if you watch that game, majority of the second half, Arsenal is in Tottenham's final, is in the final third in Tottenham's defensive zone of the pitch, mm. and still didn't even create any noticeable chances, which just exposed think, how um, poor Arsenal are in the. Yeah, there are lot, there are lot of uh, tiny details that need to be looked at by Mikel Arteta yeah, to solve the debacle at Arsenal. Yeah, and we keep talking about it's like a broken record. We keep talking about how to solve Arsenal's issues, and I think there's a podcast I talked about how they had to, they had to do the tough thing of selling Aubameyang. Mm. You talked about it, I and remember. reinvest the money in the squad because yeah. there's no point of having. 300 is the most paid, I think, Premier League player at the moment at the club, mm. and you can't create chances for him. Like, what is the point? You're not even in the Champions League. Yeah, and then your most creative player is not even in the squad, the league squad, not even in the Europa League squad. Yeah, so I think that was like a miscalculation by the board or Ateta or whoever makes those choices. But if Arsenal doesn't fix those things, then first we shall just keep laughing. Anyway, um, moving on to the Spanish La Liga, Lionel Messi's Barcelona suffered the fourth La Liga defeat of the season as they went down two now two, as they went down uh, two one to Cadiz on Saturday. The mighty Cadiz. While uh, Real Madrid is the pressure on Zinedine Zidane with their first league win since October, Baka are now a distant uh, seventh. Uh, 12 points off the leaders, Atletico Madrid, yeah. uh, who beat Real Valladolid 2-0. Uh, um, for Ronald Koeman, you would think that maybe this is a huge, huge, huge setback for him and the Baka team. Yeah. Uh, a few steps for uh, a few weeks back, they look like the team that is going to a really well rejuvenated team. Yeah. And you would think maybe they would go on to have back-to-back wins in the league. Uh, I think they've won the past uh, three league matches, only to come and uh, get beaten by Cadiz away from home 2 one. 
So yeah, I think it's a huge disappointment for Barcelona. Yeah, it's a, a huge disappointment, but I'm not surprised because Cadiz has been impressive. Roughly, since the season I think it's roughly ten league games into the season, and they've lost four games already. Yeah, and they just got up. And it's same Cadiz beat Real Madrid as well. Mm. So this was not a huge surprise when I saw that odd seven and told you guys, man, you guys <laughs> secure the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You believe me, but that that is that is Barcelona summarized for you. And but I think could, could huge, it be the huge issues story? to do with uh, the, the, the 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 saga that surrounded Messi and his uh, purported departure at the beginning I of the season? That, uh, is that still haunting them up to now? Of course, or that they has, really settled down. Of course, that has to still affect the team up to now because a few. It's just a few months ago that Messi did not want to play for Barcelona and he was uh, rebelling, he was not going for training. Mm. I think that affects everyone at the club in a specific way and it, I think, affects their preparation and all of that. Mm. So I think that's a major, one of the major reasons why Barcelona is not performing to the level everyone expects and they still have many things to sort out. And Anso Fati getting injured didn't help because he was like the talisman before before he got injured mm. uh, but on the brighter side Diego Simeone is always around around the top three mm. waiting for Madrid or Barcelona to have such a shaky period and I think this season Atletico Madrid may take the title again because yeah. the only thing keeping them from running away with first position is uh, Real Sociedad and <laughs> And the reason why Man City are not competing for the Premier League, David. Silver. Yeah, so Atletico actually are now unbeaten in 26 uh, games in the La Liga, stretching from last season. Yeah, yeah. in the first, that they have played win. 10 games and considered two goals. Yeah, and that 2 0 win of uh, Valladolid moved them uh, to the top of the table uh, with goals thanks uh, from Thomas Lema and also Marcos Lorente, meaning that uh, Atletico Madrid look to be. Uh, like the favorites of the La Liga this season because back at 12 points of Atletico uh, Madrid, you think they can cut down that gap? Uh, yes, I think they can cut down the gap, no. but I don't think they are going to cut down that 12 point gap with Atletico Madrid just relaxing. There is something Diego Simeone has done with this uh, Atletico side, particularly when they lost Lucas Hernandez to Bayern Munich. I thought they are going to have trouble finding a replacement uh, in the left back position. But this guy needed only just one transfer window, one transfer window, and he had solved the, the entire issues of the left back position. It's just that Lodi, the player I'm talking about, took long to acclimatize to the La Liga, but this season we've seen him putting in performances that are way much better than even uh, the performances that were put in by Lucas Hernandez. A player we have to give credits is uh, Thomas Lema. Thomas Lema, He also yes. went to. He was out of on, favor. On big money, yeah, 70 was, million. And, I think he, he and was. He struggled to adapt to the league. Exactly. And this season he has been so He has efficient. been so good. Marcos Lorente for me. Marcos Lorente became, became Zidane after knocking out Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Chance that was his turning point. He came as a DM. And these days, when you see that man on the touchline. That was his turning point, I think, to his entire career. That uh, second leg game against Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, yeah, last and, season. and the icing on the cake is wow, Felix. Incredible. Yeah, I think uh, that was a few weeks ago. I told you he's going to be he the next poster boy of La Liga because mm. you see, Messi is getting old. Baka is going through problems. Mm. There are rumors that uh, Neymar wants them to sign mm. Messi. 
And yeah, yeah, well, Felix is going to be there. That's why last night I was tweeting that Real Madrid should, should save us from Salah and so on. Yeah, anyway, um, that is La Liga. Barcelona, they are losing once again uh, in the La Liga. Very surprising. But uh, Mike, as we wrap up, uh, some of uh, these few stories making headlines. The UEFA Champions League enters its final round, uh, group stage uh, matches. Manchester United uh, will be up against uh, RB Leipzig in what I term as a do or die affair. They win, they progress to the next stages. They lose, they may be down with the mighty Arsenal. That's the nightlife. And Real Madrid. And Real Madrid. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's the same, it's the same uh, dilemma for Madrid. They need to win because even a draw or a loss is not going to help them. So the minimum. I, and the presser has already happened. Eh? And mm. there's a quote from Social that just made me laugh. Uh, it says, we are prepared well, and we know RB Leipzig well enough to know that they are unpredictable. <laughs> I don't know. And they are prepared. And they I are prepared. To can get Yet from they that. know RB Leipzig <laughs> is unpredictable. Yeah, but that's how Manchester United as well is unpredictable. Like, I literally go into United games mm. not knowing what is going to happen, mm. regardless of the team we field. The only thing I know is, as long as Bruno Fernandes and Rashford play these days, mm. we have a big chance. True. Uh, talk about the return of fans to stadiums. We saw some fans uh, being allowed uh, into some of the Premier League grounds. Is that a massive boost uh, for most of the clubs? Yeah, I think it is for teams like Burnley and Sheffield. Mm. I think uh, you have noticed the deep, deep in form ever since the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Those teams struggled to win games and all of that. So I think Burnley, Sheffield, they are those teams that uh, thrive from the fans. Mm. So I think. Uh, Quality aside, such things help such teams to get an extra foot over the line, and you're missing out the rejuvenescence of AC Milan. Yeah, it's going Milan on also. a mad run in Italy. Uh, even without Ibrahimovic, they somehow they're still winning games. We thought it was just Ibra. I think they're like 22 games unbeaten, something like that. Yeah, 22. Uh, Mbappe also scored his great uh, goal for PSG after making a late appearance uh, for them in their 3-1 win over Montpellier. Um, Neymar was uh, not used in this game. Uh, he was arrested for Bashi Sheshiki. Yeah, uh, he's being preserved <laughs> for Istanbul Bashak Shehir. We shall need a favor crucial. from Rafael. This has been termed as a very crucial Champions League clash because PSG, Manchester United, Istanbul, Bashakshi and uh, Arabi Leipzig are all in the same group. I think United need and a are, point and they need a draw or a win to go through. Yeah. Arabi Leipzig, minimum. the same. I think minimum win. They need a win. A win, eh? They need yeah, win. because head-to-head is crazy for them. Yeah. We don't want to go into the mathematics. Yeah, it's crazy there. Yeah. The, the other tricky group is the Madrid group because I think they're all on equal points. Yeah, well. and any, anyone can go anyone through, anyone can, can be through. sent out. Yeah, so that's, so that's a huge, huge dilemma also for Real Madrid. But now, while we were away from the game, we lost uh, some of the legends of the game. That is, uh, most notably, Diego Armando Maradona, who passed away at the age of 60. Uh, sad, sad loss for the entire football fraternity. What a player Maradona was. Yeah, incredible. Incredible player, very hard to describe his talent. I don't think we'll have players like him anymore. Players who had like the character of 
of Ronaldo mm. talent of, of Messi, like he what, was the perfect. What really mesmerizes me is the fact that we were born after Maradona had even retired from football. I don't. Most of us did. Most of us did watch play. Maradona. But you just have to know. You just. You just. You just, just have to know. When, when you hear football analysts talking about the immense talent that he was, you just can't. Uh, you can't even try to imagine or even uh, picture the kind of football he played in those days. There were no fancy TV ads, no cameras, no VAR, no weird replays. Yeah, no Bird's v- eye view. No VAR. No VAR. The highlights, they kicked the shit out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys in the past didn't want to know. I think like a yellow card offense was like punching someone in the face because some of the highlights really so recent. They was like, what? These guys let this fly. Yeah, so when you look at all these things, really, Maradona was a great player. Yeah. And uh, football missing uh, dearly. Yeah, um, another African nice. legend, uh, an African legend, I would say is an African legend, squad. Uh, the lone goal in Senegal 2002. I think everyone in our generation, like, I don't know, my like, age mates, guys mm. born like, uh, 95, 94, 93. Everyone knows that guy for that goal against Papa France Buba in the 2002 World Cup. Yeah. Um, he also stopped money from winning the treble. He also we in lost 2008. Him. Yeah. So part of that huge huge loss for the football fraternity. But uh, that is uh, what life is. Ateta out, Aselo suffered. Ateta out really already. <laughs> yeah. He's been here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the talking point, what I've seen on social media, there's a hashtag that has been going around uh, on Twitter. Ateta needs to be sent out. Yeah, on but I don't, I don't think, I don't think fans have the right perception of what is actually happening at Arsenal. There are points in the game where I really understood what the manager wanted from his team, but the players are the ones that let him down. But that's no fan base. The biggest. I'm sorry to say, but I think mm. it's very toxic. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Fans don't have a clear picture of what the manager is doing but it's only us who understand football that can see that Miguel Adeta is doing this and doing that and there is room for improvement for Arsenal in very many areas that's if the players get the right mindset and for me I summarize the entire Arsenal problem down to the players mindset there's something there's something just not clicking not ticking for the players but that but that is like throwing a data under the bus because it's easier to replace the manager than replace 32 players of the squad yeah that because is a... his job is to get the players in the right mindset very true but at the end of the day also some players need to do some self-reflection and understand that this is what they're supposed to do on the pitch they are they seem to have forgotten what their duties and obligations are to the entire Arsenal team. The best thing for Arsenal fans to do is lower the expectations. The squad looks mediocre. I think it's like a mid-table squad and fine if Ateta stays in 15th for like the next 10 games, then there I can't defend him anymore. But I still feel that there's, if he wins his next two games, he jumps like to 8th place. And that's why I expect Arsenal to finish 8th, 7th. Arsenal's squad is not better than Wolves. Wolves has a better squad than Arsenal. By Everton has a better first team than Arsenal. Aston Villa this season has not a better, but I can say they can compete with you. You can trade first team players. So yep. I think it's a massive overreaction from Arsenal fans to want Ateta out already. 
Yes, so if that... you don't get stability, like you need someone to come and stabilize the squad for like at least three years mm. and you have a proper spine. When these Gabriel guys are mature and they're leaders in the team, mm. uh, Gabriel, maybe Saka, by a striker and Katie, I don't know, but mm. there are good players there, but it's just squad is so unbalanced. It's not a squad that you guys should be beating. On the bright side, you guys have more points in the Europa League than in the Premier League. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> anyway, remember to follow us and like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and also check out our Instagram page. You can also check out SoundCloud and also check us out on Google Podcasts. The Soccer Georgia Podcast um, is brought to you by Afro.com and Skynet Worldwide Express Uganda. It's been a pleasure, Mike, to sit down with you after a very, very long time to discuss the beautiful game. News, banter, and analysis is what the Soccer Georgia podcast is all about. I've been your host, Benja, and until next time, Mike, adios. Hala Madrid. Yeah, MG2025, getting that ballon d'or. Come on, you gunners.